Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 1. Glory to the name of Jesus. It's good to see everybody this morning in worship. As we prepare ourselves, uh, let me say this just in case I forget at the end of worship. Uh, I haven't been paying attention to the calendar, but I believe Christmas is on Sunday morning, and we will be in worship at the appropriate time on Christmas Day. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, New Year's Day, watch night, we may, we may just have a prolonged service and just go on over into the first of the year. Amen. And just do our morning worship at 1 a.m. on that Sunday morning. Amen. May. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As the Lord leads us. It's a blessed day. And I am blessed in this day. Hallelujah. And I pray that you are as well. Praise God. Today, um, we, we, will, we will do our fundraiser. We will get our reports at the end of worship after Holy Communion. But thank you, first of all, in advance, everybody who worked diligently for us to reach and exceed our goal. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 is where we will focus. Uh, you can read the entire section, 18 through 23. Um, well, verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. That's the new, new international version or translation. I want to talk about God and our well-being. God and our well-being. Praise the Lord. I praise God for our praise and worship ministry just kind of without communicating flowing and, 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 and being in line with what the Lord is, is saying to us this morning. Uh, thank you for that song. Come, uh, let us adore him. Focusing on Emmanuel and then proceeding on into Here I Am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Uh, in life, there may be times when in the natural, we don't feel like giving God praise. But we have to remember who we are and remember who he is. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you for what your word accomplishes in our lives. We give you praise now. We give you glory. Re re release a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I may minister under your anointing and we will hear and receive under your anointing that yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. Be glorified 
It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, thank you. For our visitors, we thank God for you all who are with us this morning. God bless you. Amen. God and our well-being. Amen. And prayerfully, as I go through this, uh, uh, we will talk about well-being. And, and, and uh, anyway, so I had to revise this message a couple of times. Praise the Lord. But that's all a part of what God is saying and God is doing in this day and time. For us, a tabernacle of praise this day. Somebody needs this word from the Lord. Amen. I was reading a devotional the other day, and it focused on well-being. Uh, the first question was, that was asked was, are you full or are you drained? Maybe we'll say, do you feel full and happy and prosperous and whatever? Or do you feel drained? A lot of times, Christians feel drained, feel like your energy is sapped. Yeah, you feel like a droopy flower that hadn't had water. Anybody ever forget to water your plants at home? Anybody have plants? In a couple of times, I've come back from mission trips and look in the living room, and my wife forgot to water the plants. I said, oh, my goodness. Uh, Lord have mercy. My plants are all drooping and whatever. I've got to start back over again and revitalizing my plants. But sometimes we feel droopy like a plant that has not been watered or nourished. Sometimes we feel underwhelmed that we just don't have what it takes to go on, to go forward. And sometimes even, even uh, our relationship with the Lord, for some people, rather than it feeling life-giving, can feel just like another drain on the limited energy and resources that they have. And, and we qualify that to say some people because everybody doesn't feel that way. Amen. Uh, the, the author of that devotional compared the Christian life uh, that should be full, that should be thriving, that should be radiant to an orchid. All of us know what orchids are, is that correct? To an orchid that has to have the perfect condition for it to bloom, for, the, for it to flower. Not just to sunlight, but also temperature and humidity, soil and water levels all need to be attended to. Uh, and when it, when it all comes together, the result is beautiful. The result is beautiful. And, 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 and orchids are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful plants. Uh, but it all has to come together uh, so that everything is beautiful. And since I, as I read that, that devotional, I thought about the fact that, that many times things in life don't all come together for some people so that we or they can have what's considered a full and beautiful life. Just honestly speaking, it seems like everything doesn't come together. But, I, but as I was reading that devotional, I also thought about what the author was saying about the orchid and needing to have the right environment and how much work it takes for the orchid to blossom, to bloom, to be beautiful. And I thought about a few years ago, I was in Dominican Republic and we were in this, we stayed at this cabin in the woods and there were all of these beautiful orchids around that nobody had to water. 
that nobody had to fix the temperature, that nobody had to do anything to the soil. Pastor Jimmy looked at me. He said, do you know what that is? I said, because it was different from the orchids that I'd seen. He said, that's an orchid. He said, that's the plant that probably in the United States you buy in the, in the flower shop. It takes a whole lot of effort to make it blossom and make it, but in its natural environment. Everything is perfect in God's time, and it blossoms when it blooms, when it's supposed to blossom. And I thought about that and thought about the fact that the reason that it's so difficult for, for, for human beings to, to make this plant do what it's supposed to do is because we take it out of its natural environment. Many times when I'm traveling, I'm in Africa, and I see well, Dominican Republic in tropical climates, a lot of the plants, um, we have, my wife has this plant that she can't get to, do, to grow any bigger than this. But that same plant in Malawi will grow, and it's, it, it, it exceeds the top of this pillow, and, and it, just, it just, just hangs over because in its natural environment, In its natural environment, it doesn't take all of the effort that it takes when it's taken out of its natural environment. Humanity, human beings, humanity was taken out of our natural environment. We wonder why life is so difficult sometimes. Uh, humanity was taken out of our natural environment, and we know the account, but we have, to, we have to remember this when things are not going well in our lives. We have to remember that we've been taken out of our natural environment. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, before his sin, everything was perfect. He didn't have to work hard for anything. Before he sinned, if Eve had had a child, she would not have had pain in childbirth. It was only after sin came in and we were, humanity was, what y'all left, moved out of, his natural, of our natural environment that all of these problems came. And then we worked so hard to try to get things back right. Yeah. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God knows the situation that humanity is in. God knew, and God knows today. And because he's concerned about us, and because he loves his creation, God did something to fix the situation. All right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy but I have come, Jesus says, that you might have life to the full. You say, well, Jesus came, and I still don't have life to the full. Well, that's why we got to listen to the whole message. <laughs> this is Advent season. I heard uh, Minister Trevor pray in the prayer about Christmas and how we have, we have commercialized it so. And we have, the world has, and it's just magnified. Sometimes I sit down and I think about what life would be like. Thank God for technology. Thank God for television and what have you. But what life would be like if we weren't exposed to all of the things that we are exposed to? Because 
those of us who are students of the word of the Lord, uh, we know what God says in his word, but yet, yet we have to deal with, with, with all of the stuff that people are exposed to to try to help people get back to what God has said in his word and what God has done to fix the situation and put us back into our natural environment because it is natural for us who've been created in the image and likeness of God to live for God and to be in Christ Jesus. That's what's natural for us. It is not natural for us to to live in sin and be subject to sin. It's not. We struggle because we deal with what we know and what we've experienced and what we feel as opposed to what the word of God says that should be the right way. And we will argue with the word of God because we deal on a feeling level and God doesn't deal on a feeling level. God operates on a faith level. Yeah. Yeah. So we struggle, we struggle, we struggle. This this Christmas season, uh, which focuses on the coming of Christ, Advent season deals with the coming of Christ. We know that Christ has come, uh, Christ has been born, the Savior, the Messiah has come, and he came to seek and to save those lost. But now we're, not, we're celebrating his coming and we anticipate his second coming because his work is not yet done, all right? Uh, he came to give us life to the full, he says. But many times, as I said, people are not experiencing this fullness of life. So what needs to happen to have that life, that full life that Jesus has come to give us? Our text gives us some help in this matter. Good. Now, when I read the scriptures uh, and I see from Genesis to Revelation, um, we have the unfolding story of God's creation and God's loving care for his creation. God didn't just create the world and leave it. God, as you study the Bible, you see God's involvement in the lives of his people. Direct involvement. involvement. And, 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 and that involvement sometimes requires discipline and correction. Amen. Yeah, because that's love. Jesus said, those that the Lord loves, he disciplines. You, you don't love your children if you don't set up structure for them. And you don't discipline them when they are wrong. Well, you know, structure, and I said structure first because structure is a part of discipline. You know, you can't just whip a child and say you're disciplining the child. Because uh, sometimes what they're doing is what they saw you do. Amen. I don't don't want to go down that road this morning, but I just get troubled when I see what's happening in our society. And we're blaming society and we're saying what the school should do and what the church should do. We're not talking about what the home should do. Yeah, we're not talking about what parents should do. And, you know, you can't can't make sure your children at home at 6 o'clock in the evening when you're in the streets. Or at 12 o'clock at night when you're in the nightclub. You can't make sure your children at home. Yeah, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Discipline. God, 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 God didn't just create the world and leave it. God has been directly involved in the lives of his people because he cares about his people's well-being. Yeah. 
sometimes sometimes his people didn't see, and sometimes we don't see uh, the same way God sees. We, we have a different opinion because we've been exposed to so much, and sometimes we feel like we know better than God. But in actuality, we can't know better than God because God is creator. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God knows what he is doing. Uh, in this Advent season, we see God's loving care for his people put into action and his working for our well-being uh, physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. So Jesus is not just concerned about your spiritual life. He's concerned about your whole life. And your whole life is affected by what you do spiritually. Because if, you, if, you, if we could get it right spiritually, we would do a whole lot of things right. If we could get it right spiritually, we would even eat right. And we would exercise because we would take care of this body. And we'll be careful with this temple that Holy Spirit lives in about what we put into this body. Yeah, yeah, we'd be very careful. If we, if we would get it right spiritually, you know, and, and when you look at the, at, the, at the food regulations, God was concerned about the health of his people. You know? And we, we want to throw away all of those regulations. Well, I can eat what I want to eat. And then for some of us, well, I'll just take my medicine and I'll be all right. But God didn't create you to take medicine. Amen. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So this season is not specifically even about us, right? Nor all of the trappings that we have, or that mankind has created for it. You know, I love this season of the year. You hear me say every year. It's the most. <laughs> I love that song, and I love to ride and see the lights and what have you. It's beautiful. But Christmas it's not about that. It's not about that. It's not about buying gifts and giving to people. It's not. It's just not about that. It's about what God was doing in Christ Jesus for the well-being of his people. Sad part is that the church has been so influenced by the world that it makes it really difficult for us to shift and go back to God's way. Just think about the extra money you would have if you didn't have to buy a gift this Christmas season. Think about the bills you could pay, or maybe something you could pay off. If you wouldn't spend all of that money for Christmas, you're buying a Christmas gift for everybody. I'm talking because that's what we used to do in my family. You know, I come from a big family. If you, even when, when I lived at home, you know, you're talking about 11 children. No, no, we didn't buy gifts for the, grand, for the nieces and nephews. That was just too many. But 11 children. Every parent was responsible for their own children. But, 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 but 11 children, every one of us bought a gift for everybody, including mom and daddy. So that's every one of us, 13 gifts. And so you walk in the front door of this little house that we lived in, and all of these gifts stacked this high under the tree. Let me tell you. And sometimes those gifts were paid for with credit cards. 
Does anybody use your credit card to buy Christmas gifts that you got to pay interest on? (laughs) Just think of what your life would be like even in this season. If you didn't have to spend that money, and you don't have to do it, but, but your children expect it, and, and your, your, your husband and your wife, they expect it, and your grandchildren expect it. And when people don't get what they want, then they're angry, they're upset. It's an issue. It's, it's something wrong with that picture. It's just something wrong with that picture. Isn't it? When... When this season is not even all about that. And people are already looking at the calendar saying, that's why I told you what I told you. I wonder if Bishop is going to have service on Sunday morning or if he's going to cut it short. I think I'll preach two hours on the, on the fourth Sunday. People are already looking at this and they're already making plans so that they can spend time with their family on Christmas Day to open gifts and sit around in their pajamas and eat and maybe sing a Christmas carol, maybe read a scripture when this is not all about that. Not about that. When you think about, you think about the stress Think about people that are stressed out already. People are stressed out already. And, and it's just now the 4th of December. And folk are stressed already about what they're going to do and what they're going to get, what they're going to give and how they're going to pay for it. And this person said they want this and this person said they want that. When it's not all about this. Not all about this. It's about God caring for his people and their well-being. And well-being doesn't mean that you're stressed out. If you're stressed out, you're not well. Stress leads to other things. Stress leads to people falling out with one another. Stress leads to arguments. Stress leads to fighting. Stress leads to high blood pressure. You ever go to the doctor and they have to take your blood pressure and then for some reason that particular day your blood pressure is elevated. Why? Because you're under some... Young people, you all don't understand this. When you get older, <laughs> you begin to understand some of these things. You're, you're, you're stressed about something. My blood pressure is normally level. You always have good blood pressure. But there have been a couple of times that I've gone, and before I went to the doctor, I had something on my mind, not realizing. And and they take my blood pressure, and it's elevated. And the nurse said to me, not not too long ago, you must be stressed about something. Maybe I am, because my blood pressure is normally just normal. Stress leads to so much stuff. And it's usually things that we don't really have to be stressed about. And Christmas is one of those times of the year that we shouldn't be stressed. It should be about what worshiping and celebrating what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. You say, well, the, the, the wise men brought gifts to the Savior, but you ain't bringing gifts to Jesus. 
How many of you all have Jesus' name on a gift under your tree already? You're not even thinking about Jesus. Anyway, let me go on with this message. How does the coming of Christ demonstrate to us that God cares for us? Hallelujah. All right. Just looking at my time. How does it demonstrate that God cares for us? And of course, most of us know the story, but I'm going to walk through a couple of things in Matthew and then tie in what the Lord says to his people through Hosea to talk about this. First of all, the coming of Christ is God coming into human history to be with his people. Okay? Yes, to save, as the name Jesus means or indicates, but also to be with us as the name Emmanuel indicates. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So every time we say Emmanuel, we are declaring God is with us. Now, 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 the nuances of that text speaks about Joseph and, 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 and how this incorporates Joseph into being the father of Jesus, even though there's no, there's no, uh, uh, he's not the natural father of Jesus because we know that Jesus is of the Holy Spirit. He's born of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And even in him naming Jesus, because the angel speaks to Joseph, the angel doesn't speak to Mary here. The angel speaks to Joseph and the angel tells Joseph, uh, you shall call his name Jesus for he, is, he shall save his people from their sins. But then it says that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of by the prophet that they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So when you look at this, you look at this, and you look at what God is doing, God entering into human history uh, to be with his people, being with someone means that you are concerned or you care about them, okay? You shall call his name Jesus, he will save his people from his sins. So God sent Messiah. It was not of man's choosing, all right? This is God doing. This is, this is God's doing. This is God's provision out of God's own volition and great love for his people. He sends Jesus to save. He comes in Jesus to save his people from their sins. Now, now you say, well, how does that indicate care? You got to look at what comes along with salvation, all right, uh, what's in the salvific process, which is the expiation of sin, Jesus becoming the sacrifice on the cross to satisfy divine justice so that our sins might be atoned for, and we don't have to do it because our blood is not sinless. We have a sinful DNA, but because there is no DNA passed from Mary to Jesus, then Jesus it becomes that sinless, that perfect sacrifice for our sins. Expiation of sin, all right? Um, justification, which means then that now I, the, the righteousness of Christ is credited to us, and when God looks at us, he sees righteous sons and daughters. And, and, you know, that, that justification is so important because if you don't understand justification, the devil will beat you up for every little, every wrong thing you do. I'm not, I'm not justifying sin. 
All right. I'm not justifying sin, but you got to be watch out for the devil because the devil will say you're not worthy. What? I know I'm not worthy. I'm only righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross and my faith in him. So I trust in his righteousness alone. Now, we don't continue in sin that grace may abound. No, but we understand justification by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. The devil will cause you to shut down if he can because he will point out things you've done wrong in your life. But you've got to know who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to know what you have and what Jesus did for you on the cross. He justified you. And if you have faith in Jesus, you are justified by that faith. Just as if you never sinned. I know super, super, super righteous people want to look for a way around that. Because they want, us to, they want you to be, they don't want to be guilty. Now, they can gossip about people. They can talk about people. They can, they can cheat on their income taxes. You know, They can even stop by the liquor store when anybody are looking. But they want you to be guilty. That's a dangerous thing. Because the Bible says we have all what? Sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, yeah, but that was before I accepted Jesus. Don't tell, tell the truth and shame the devil. You want to judge other people's sins. You want to have big sins and little sins. You want the Lord to forgive you or what you call that little white lie you told. And I don't know, know who put the color on lie. While you condemn someone else when we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Thank God for justification because that is the only way that you and I stand righteous before God. You got to know that. You got to stand on that. You got to have faith in that. You may be struggling in an area in your life, but if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord is here to see you through your struggles, to cause you to be victorious. You just got to keep going. Don't let the devil make you stop in your tracks. Don't let him do it. He'll try to make you stop in your tracks. God can't forgive you for that. God won't forgive you for that. Look at what you did. Look at who you, look at the thought you had. Whew. Well, you know, since the devil is not all knowing, he can't know the thought you had unless you give him an indication. So stop giving him clues. You all remember that sermon I preached on? Stop giving the devil clues. You give him clues. He starts doing something. He shows you a beautiful lady walk by, and then here you are turning all the way around. You lustful spirit. You gave the devil a clue. You gave him a, <laughs> a big one. Amen, 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 amen. Justification and reconciliation. Because in this process, God loves us so much that in Christ, he is reconciling the world unto himself. God was doing and is doing all of that in Jesus Christ. Where we were enemies of God, and we've got to get this picture. Outside of Jesus, we were God's enemy because we had a line with Satan, and Satan is God's enemy. We were enemies of God. Um, 
because of sin and an affiliation with Satan, in and through Christ, however, God was providing a way of rescue for us from the powers of darkness and entrance into a new life with him through faith in Jesus Christ. You shall call his name Jesus, for he, has saved his, he shall save his people from their sin and everything that's involved in the salvific process. In Jesus, God is with us. Oh, I skipped a paragraph. But that's not all. So in Jesus, it also says it had been prophesied that they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God was not only sending Jesus to save us. God was not just sending Jesus, but God was coming in Christ Jesus. Yeah, in the person of Jesus Christ to be with his people to be with his people. In other words, God, as I said, was entering the human situation in such a way that his people could say, our God is with us. You can say, my God is with me. He's with me. He's with me. Whatever you go through, God is with you. Yeah. And that's important because the Lord never promised us that life was going to be a bed of roses. We got to remember sin entered the situation, the picture, and messed up everything. Now, even when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life's as full as he was restoring us through faith in him spiritually to, to God. And as we as we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and get things right with God, then we see things begin to we begin to see things from a different perspective. All right. But 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 in the process, we're gonna go through things in life. It makes a difference when we know that God is with us. He's not an absent overlord. He's not simply seated on the throne of heaven. He's not simply standing afar off, looking at us, go through life, groping for help and groping for hope. He's right here with us. In every aspect of life, that is, if we want him to be. He's right here. Now, you can't stop him from being here, but you can stop him from affecting your life. God is our strength when we're weak. God is our joy when we are sorrowful. God is our hope when we feel hopeless. God is our help when we're in trouble or in danger. God is our peace when confusion tries to boggle our minds. God is our righteousness in the midst of sinfulness. God is our provider in times of need. God is our healer when sickness tries to ravage this body. God is our banner of victory in times of trouble. God is our shepherd in the sojourn of life. I love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. What's going on in your life right now. Just quote the psalm and say the Lord is 
God is. Hallelujah. God is. He's out. He is the commander in chief of the host of heaven. I, I love that. You know, I love that because we're in the midst of a spiritual battle that's going on all around us. Yeah. But we, we, we serve the commander in chief of the host of heaven. Glory to the name of Jesus. And there are myriads of angels still in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Satan may have taken a third of the angels, but that left two thirds in heaven. The old people used to sing, sing a song that says, King Jesus is my captain, and he fights my battles for me. He never lost a battle. Hallelujah. I said he never lost a battle. You may be in warfare right now. You may be in a struggle right now. Hallelujah. It may seem like that the devil is winning, but you've got to know that our God has never lost a battle. Never. Hallelujah. I don't care if it seems like you're going down. I don't care if it seems like you're taking your last breath. The Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. He is with us. He is with us. He's not just for us. He did not just save us, but the Lord is with us. That's key. Because it says that he cares about me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So whatever I go through, he's here with me. Yeah. You know, it's important for you to learn the various names of God because there may be times you have to call on Jehovah Sabbath. Ooh, in your prayer, you don't need to just say Jesus. You need to say Jehovah Sabbath. I need you, God, just to come with the host of heaven in the midst of my situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You might have to say, Jehovah Nisi, I need you right now. Hallelujah, I'm going through, and I need victory in my life, and you are. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. God is with us. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. He just didn't save you. Hallelujah, he's with you through whatever you go through. Now, 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 not only do we need God with us, okay, but we need to be with him. We need to be walking with him. We need to be living every day with him. Micah 6 uh, uh, helps us uh, with this because here, and you look at the book of Micah, God is dealing with the people of Judah, and it's almost like a courtroom scene in the sixth battle, you know, in the sixth chapter, excuse me, uh, where God is speaking through the prophet Micah, and, and he causes people, you know, to come on, pre present your complaints. Have you ever had a complaint? Tell the truth now. Have you ever complained to the Lord? Yeah. Present your complaint. And I love it. I love the chapter. I, I love that sixth chapter. Because God begins to talk about what he's done. And God begins to call witnesses. And, and he doesn't call man. God calls the mountains. God calls the foundations of the earth. You see, you see if, you, if he called a man, man only has the witness of his span of life. Mm. But when he calls the mountains that he created from the foundation of the world, 
The mountains have seen everything he's done. The foundations of the world have seen everything he's done. And the foundations of the world can witness to God's care and God's provision from the foundation. See, the problem is... Here I am, 68 years old, and I accepted Jesus when I was 10, so I only have 58 years. And out of those 58 years, my, my mind was not really at the place to really trust the Lord. So out of those 58 years, i got to cut off some of those years that I can witness to the Lord's goodness. But the mountains. Mm. Ooh, the foundations of the earth. They've been around from the beginning of time. Hallelujah. And when I'm looking from my limited perspective and I'm seeing from my limited perspective, well, God, you didn't do this. And God, you didn't do that. And, and, and God, you, you didn't heal my mama when she was sick. Or, or God, you, you didn't let my mama live forever. I'm still looking in my limited perspective or from my limited perspective in my limited framework that where I've been on the earth. God calls. Hallelujah. Go back and read that sixth chapter. So you might need to be encouraged today. God loves his people. Now they were bringing unjust complaints to God. They were saying, God, you really require too much of us. Mm. What shall we come uh, before the Lord, before the exalted God. How shall we come? Shall we come with, with, with 10,000 rivers of oil? No, no human being can come with that much oil. Shall we give our, 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 the firstborn as a sacrifice to you? I mean, they were saying, God, we don't know how to please you. You require too much. They had unjust complaints. That's the Lord. And God spoke through the prophet Micah. And he said, He's shown you, oh man, and he uses the word man there because he's speaking of the nation as one man. He's not speaking to an individual. He's speaking to the nation as one man. He's shown you, oh man, what is right and what the Lord requires of you. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You see, now two of those things deal with human relationship. We can say, God, I fight for justice. God, I treat people right. You know? Uh, yeah. God, I, I'm, a merc I'm merciful to an extent now. You cross my... There's a line that I have. You can't cross that line with me. You cross that line with me, and I'm going to cut you off. Uh, I'm going to come. You push me against the wall. I'm going to come out swinging. I'm not going to let you smite me on one cheek and slap me on the other two now. I'm merciful to an extent. But God says there's another important thing. But all you do with human beings, you got to remember to walk humbly with me. Now, the, when you read the, the commentaries, it says the word humbly is difficult to to translate there. But the sense of it is to be very careful that you walk properly with the Lord. Now, our business is to get into the Word and find out what it means to walk properly with the Lord. Who 
Yeah. So we need God with us, but we need to be with God. Now, God is everywhere present all of the time. There's nowhere you can be that God is not. Yeah. Nowhere you can be where God is not. He's with us. Even when people don't recognize God, he's still there. But the issue is, many times, we're not with God. That's why the scripture says to walk humbly with. With. You can be in the same room with someone. And you're supposed to be in a conversation. And they're on their phone texting. They're not with you. They're not with you. Their attention is somewhere else. Physically, they're sitting in the room. But emotionally, they're not with you. Attentively, they're not with you. Oh, this is one of the bad problems with technology. We're in a texting generation, and sometimes we don't know how to have conversations anymore. Our attention span is so short, and the younger generation is getting worse, it seems like. Children, it's going to be really bad for children who grow up on electronics. They already have a problem in school paying attention to the teacher because they're so visually acclimated. So everything is visual. Everything has to be pop, 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 pop in order to keep their attention. Talk to teachers who understand. They'll, they'll explain it to you. So, yeah. You see these commercials on television where people give their children 30 minutes a day on electronics, if that much. And how many parents the electronics babysit their children? 30 minutes a day on television. How many parents? TV. Babysits it. And then you wonder why they don't do good in school. You know, it's just a terrible thing that these children killed. I think it was one of the children's daddy the other day because he took the electronics from them. What kind of what kind of what kind of what kind of stuff have we gotten ourselves into? That your children don't know the value of life. And they don't realize that. When you shoot somebody, it's not on television. They're not going to get back up and be in the next scene. You can be physically present, but emotionally absent. And it's that way with God. We can come to worship and be physically present and emotionally absent. You can get your Bible and sit down and read, but emotionally and spiritually, you can be absent. So God wants us to be very careful in our relationship with him. Because when you use the word with, you're talking about relationship. God has entered the human situation to have relationship with him. This is not just about coming, coming to worship. It's not going to church. Too many people equate God with church. Yeah. 
and they equip church with the building, which is just a physical structure. And they have no relationship with the people who are the church. Nor the God who gave his son to die on the cross to redeem us and to reconcile us to him and to have relationship with him. Walk humbly. With, with, with God. You look at God's relationship with his people, Judah. You read that scripture in in Micah. You see how God has been intricately involved in their lives. God expects us to be intricately involved with him. People used to say, People used to laugh. I heard people. some people laugh at Ty Tribbett when you sing the song about I can't, whatever the song says, I can't do anything without you, can't brush my teeth, can't tie my shoes, can't, you know. But he's talking about intricately being involved with the Lord. I can't raise my hand without the Lord. It's not just my mind engaging. But who gave the mind the, the ability to send a wave? To send the signal to my hand to go up. It's God. And, and God is so awesome that he does it before the blinking of an eye. Yeah, with God. Thirdly, in this relationship with God, be careful as you ponder or think about the meaning of things that occur in your life. Be careful. Joseph had a plan, right? Joseph planned to marry Mary. Well, well, that was his whole plan, okay? To marry Mary. It was a good plan, right? Marriage is good. The Bible says marriage is honorable and a bed undefiled. Oh, that people today would get back to what the Lord said. He didn't say shacking up was honorable. God didn't say it. You can't find it in the Bible anywhere. I don't mean to offend nobody, but I got to preach the truth. He just didn't say it. It's not in the word of God. And we're talking about being careful about our relationship with the Lord. I know what it seems like everybody's doing, but God didn't say it. Now, we got to be very careful in our relationship with the Lord. He said marriage is honorable and her bed undefiled. I don't understand. Why can't you just go ahead and get married? If you want to live together, just get married. What's the issue? Just go on and do it. Come to my office. I'll marry you. (laughs) Well, I'm not ready to commit. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, now we get into the root of the issue. Mm. Anyhow. Ooh, glory to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Joseph had a plan, and it was a good plan. Joseph was working his plan. He had betrothed himself to Mary. I guess that's the way you say it. And betrothed is a, in Jewish culture is a legal term in the Old Testament. He was in, in, in a legal state of marriage. And, and the only way to break that, even though they had not performed the ceremony, the only way to break it, it was so, it was so. It was so tight that 
because it was legal, uh, it was attended with the possibilities of divorce, adultery, or widowhood. Okay? So, so, so the only way out of that thing was divorce. And the Bible says that, that, oh, let me say this. It was legal, but there was no sexual intimacy involved. Okay? The woman would still live with her family, with her father, still her father's responsibility for a whole year, for 12 whole months before the wedding ceremony. Okay? Um, so, 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 uh, Joseph's plan was good. Joseph's plan was honorable. But God had another plan. In the midst of Joseph's plan, it's always important for us to see what God's plan is. God had another plan that was not part of Joseph's plan. Now, when you read the scripture, let me go back and find it. Uh, in verse number, uh, read 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Now, stop, because we're going to immediately read through the Holy Spirit, and we're going to immediately think, well, Joseph already knew that this was God intervening. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Joseph didn't know. She was found. It was discovered. I don't know, some old woman looked at her and saw the change on her face. You know how old people would do? Oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> you all know, y'all, y'all, some of y'all have said it. I've heard people say it, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about it. Oh, but yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> she was found to be, to be with child. How does it say it? To be pregnant. Then, later on, through the Holy Spirit, Joseph discovered this. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Some translations say was just. Some translations say a righteous man. Okay? All right. Righteousness in Matthew meant more than just legalistically following the laws. There was a place where Jesus talks about the righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Okay? He did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Apparently, he loved Mary. So he didn't want to disgrace her, all right? He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph had a mind to do something that was not in God's will. Had a mind. Because God had a plan that wasn't in Joseph's plan. So Joseph pondering this thing, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You getting ready to get married to somebody and you hadn't been with them. Guys, tell the truth. And they come up pregnant. And what's going to be in your mind? The very first thing. Just tell the truth. You know, Joseph is a human being. He's a human being. And rather than disgrace her, he was going to divorce her quietly. He's pondering this. He's probably wrestling with this thing. This was Joseph's mind, but his mind, what he was thinking, was also not 
in the plan of God. It would have been the just thing to do. It would have been the natural thing to do. But this was not natural. This was a supernatural thing that God was doing. And because of it being supernatural, God intervened. Thank God for his intervention. There have been times you thought about doing something. God intervened. God intervened. That's why you got to be careful about being angry when God stops something. You got to say, God, you're in control. I don't see it. I don't know it. You know, I don't know what's going on. I don't see beyond that. The other day when, 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 I, when I had that incident and I couldn't go on that trip to Burkina Faso, yeah, I was a bit disturbed in my spirit because you know how much I love missions and I love going on the field, but I had to settle myself and say, God, you see what I don't see. God, you know what I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You see, it, it couldn't have been, it, it, it didn't have to be something that was going to happen. No airplane I heard crashed. It could have been something down the road that God saw that needed to be fixed, that needed to be taken care of right now. So you can't be getting angry with God when things don't happen the way you think they ought to happen. So as servants of God, be careful about what your mind is. Be careful. Be careful about how you decide to handle situations that seem to be contrary to your plans. As servants of God, be careful about your words and your actions. In this walk with God, we, we always want to acknowledge him so that we are positioned in a place where he gets the glory and not us. By doing so, we're positioned so God can take care of us. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in the church world. I just get troubled sometimes. And if, if some things, if I say, some of y'all can get really mad at me and gonna say, but anyhow, I won't say it because the Holy Ghost didn't say, say it. I don't care if you get mad at me really now. It, it doesn't matter. But just think about the focus of people. I'll say this. The love of money is the root of all evil. Watch your focus. Watch your focus. Watch your focus. Watch what you go after. Are you going after God or are you going after money? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought maybe God hadn't released in your life what he needs to release in your life because you have a higher estimation of yourself than you ought to have and God sees some things. He knows that if he gives you what you want, you're going to forget all about him. God said when you enter the land, when you enter into the promised land and you have houses that you didn't build and you have wells that you didn't dig, when you start getting rich, you're going to forget all about me. When things start going well, you're going to forget all about me. Uh, that's contrary to what's being preached and what's being taught today. Contrary. But we got to go back to the book. Let the Lord supply your need. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let God supply your need. And let God move you into the place that he wants you to be. 
Don't be pushed by man because you'll be pushed in a situation uh, that will be dangerous to you and dangerous to your offspring and dangerous to your lineage. Oh, God, help us today. Oh, you say, well, being rich will be good for my offspring. Mm. Lord, have mercy. Well, let me just tell you what the Lord says. The Lord says, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. As you walk with the Lord, not in front of him, not behind him, but walk with the Lord. He directs your path. God says, the word says in Proverbs 16 and 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. You can make a plan, but it's God who's going to establish your steps. I thank God for establishing my steps. Because when he establishes my steps, they've not always been according to my plan. They've been according to his plans. And the important thing is my step, that my steps are established. James chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now listen, you, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why do you not even know? Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, we ought to say, I thank God for the old people who taught me to say, if the Lord wills. You know what the church has gotten to today? We've gotten to the point to say, this is the Lord's will because it said it in the Bible. But the Bible also says, this is what you ought to say. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. But James didn't stop right there. He said, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Be careful about your mind as it comes to the things of God. You can be thinking about one thing. But God has something else in mind. Submit to God and continue to walk humbly with him. That way you position yourself where he takes care of you and takes the pressure off of you to take care of yourself. Lord, help us. He cares for us. Walk humbly with him. I thank the Lord for the way he's blessed my life. I don't have worldly riches. I've got Jesus. Every need is supplied according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm, I've lived long enough to know that God will do what he says in his word. It may take some time, not because of him, but because of me. But God is faithful. God is faithful. He loves you. He's concerned about your well-being, but the only way you're going to really experience it is that you submit yourself to him. As he wants to be with you, you walk humbly with him. Walk with him. Be careful about this mind. The devil fights his battles in this mind. Be real careful. Make sure your mind 
is the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That's not the way of the world, because we want to be known. We want a reputation. We do. Let God give you a reputation. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that your word that has gone forth will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you've sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you've sent your word to. Now, Lord, if there's someone who's heard this message today and needs to give their lives to you, I pray for that person right now that they will take the next step and not only feel your unction, but will move out and make the confession of faith in you. Save today. That is your will. You came to seek and to save those that are lost. There's, if there's a backsider, there's someone who has is, who is lost the connection, thank you for your spirit of reconciliation. Thank you that you reconcile men and women to God. You said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. Draw. Draw people today. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anyone today uh, who would like to make a confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're watching us online, this goes out to you as well. Because you don't have to be in the sanctuary to make a public confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ or to, to receive Christ wherever you are. You can receive Christ. I said uh, in the message that God is everywhere present at all times. So wherever you are right now, God is there. We respond in faith to the word of the Lord. If you've heard the message, you sense the leading of the Holy Spirit, of Holy Spirit to draw you uh, for you to be saved. I want you to come today. If you're in the sanctuary, if you're online, uh, we're going to ask you to pray this prayer of faith, and then you can write to us. You can, in the chat section or on our website, topraise.org, there is a section that you can write to us and let us know of the decision that you've made to follow Jesus. And we will follow up with you. Uh, because what we want to do is we want to help you uh, in this process of being connected to the Lord and growing in the Lord. Uh, it's important that you are connected to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church so that you can continue that growth process. So we want to extend the invitation right now. Uh, if you're already saved and, and, and the Lord has directed you to become a part of this fellowship, we invite you to come at this time after the prayer. Uh, so if you want to be saved, just close your eyes. And repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself, but I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you, your death atoned for my sins, and today I accept the provision 
that you've made for me to be saved. I accept you, Lord, as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Save me from my sin. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I give my life to you. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, write to us and let us know. If there's anybody here who prayed that prayer and you need to make a public profession of your faith, you can come forth now. But if you're not here and you're watching us online, please, ma'am, please, sir, write to us. Let us know so that we can follow up with you. If there's anyone that wants to connect with this ministry, we want to give you that opportunity right now to do so. And if you're online, if you're not able to be here, uh, but you write to us online, we'll follow with you about that, follow up with you about that. We don't want to leave the sanctuary today without giving you that opportunity. So now is the time. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you for this waiting congregation. Thank you for your people who sat obediently under the teaching and, uh, and preaching of your word. Whatever our situations and circumstances are that we brought with us into the sanctuary today, we thank you, Lord, for, for knowing that you care for us, that you are with us, that you want us to walk with you. Forgive us of our sins and iniquities. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Sanctify our hearts and our minds so that we're found pleasing in your sight. Bless your people now. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel and you would like to help further this cause we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground, in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.